0: Test, 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 test. Good to see you this morning. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. So it is a uh, it is a special day. I already mentioned that. And I love the uh, communion, Gabriel and uh, Frank as well. I, I just got to tell you, I love Gabriel. Uh, the takeaway I'm going to have is... You know, our relationship with God is not performance related because, dude, I'd have been out of here a week ago. I mean, I am going to take that with me. Uh, You know, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. So uh, maybe you've heard me mention it before. Father's Day is my favorite holiday of the year. You heard me say that before? Now there's some great holidays out there and There's Christmas, but I have to share that with everybody else. And then there's, you know, others as well. And there's my birthday, but somehow I don't feel like I should be honored just for being born. I mean, I I enjoy it, and it's good that people appreciate me, but it wasn't like I really did anything, really. I think my mom and my dad had more to do that than I did. But anyway, I think with Father's Day, I think because... And I think a lot of dads here can relate because I value the role and the significance of what that means. Then, you know, just having this time once a year to be able to celebrate that is so, so special. And I'm looking forward to celebrating with my family too later today. Uh, two of my sons live here in town, uh, one of my daughters in law lives here, my two grandchildren. I'll be with them later tonight, and by the way, I, I think I may have mentioned, I'm, we're having a third, uh, Robbie and Angela are having a third uh, grandchild, and of course it's another boy, but it's uh, coming in coming in August, so we got another one. So we'll all be together tonight, but unfortunately my middle son Joseph is not going to be able to be with us, he's over in Norway with uh, my daughter-in-law Sunova, but Joseph sent me a text, and some of you know Joseph, he is... Uh, He's an unusual child, full of personality. So he didn't forget about me. He sent me a text. It says, "I'm reading, Happy Father's Day, Poops." Um, so that's what he calls me. That's his. I'm sorry, Dave, that you had to, you had to come to church to hear that. But you, no, no, it's not. He he sometimes says Happy, dearth, but he intentionally wrote Poops on here because that's Joseph and. Evidently, the rest of you don't. You, you find that sad and tragic, and <laughs> I just find it to be Joseph. You know, it's just it's just who Joseph is. So anyway, we want to uh, we want to honor the dads. Now, normally, what we might do is is have all the dads stand, but I'm, I'm going to decide to do something a little different today because everybody knows that it's Father's Day. Dads don't want to do anything that requires any energy. Uh, they don't want to stand. They want to recline. They, they want to take a nap, is what they want to do, because, let's be honest, all fathers are tired. We're, we're, we're tired because of the, when we have children in our house, we're, we're, we're tired, and then when they leave the house, we're still tired because of they once lived in our house. And we're even more exhausted because they're not in our house, and we have no idea what they're doing. And so we're exhausted with anxiety and concern, because they're not around. It's just like we are. Just if you're a dad, you understand. It's just so. What uh, what we want to do? We want to honor the dads. So what we're going to do? We're going to have all the dads remain seated, and we'll have everybody else stand up, and let's honor the dads. Let's honor the dads. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Go ahead and be seated. So I uh, I didn't sit down, even though you know I am a I'm a dad. I I, I didn't sit down because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get back up again, and I had to get up here and preach. So I want to start our lesson today with this question. It's a big question. If you could fix the world, how would you do it? If you could fix the world, how would you do it? I think most of us do believe to a, to a great extent that the world we live in is broken. It seems more obvious as the years go by, right? Right? Most of us would say that no matter how long we've lived, we've seen this world that we live in become more and more of a tragic place where disappointing things happen, and, and that brokenness that's all around us just keeps, it keeps increasing, it seems. So if you could fix the world, how would you do it? We're going to read from uh, Exodus chapter 20. Will you be able to put the scriptures up on the screen there, David? Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1. We're going to go all the way back to the Old Testament. Thousands of years ago, God gave His plan, His dream for fixing the world. And sometimes we call it the Ten Commandments. And sometimes we dismiss the Ten Commandments, but I think we need to understand just how important the Ten Commandments are. The Ten Commandments were, you know, there were a lot of commands and laws that God gave His people in the Old Testament to help them in their lives. But He said, you know, there's ten really special ones, and they are above all others. And these are, you know, we're getting ready to come into elections season, and I don't know whether that is upsetting to you or pleasing to you, but, you know, there's a lot of politicians who'll be coming up. Of course, we have a presidential election next year, I guess, and so, you know, everybody's like, uh, what are, there's people that are running for office that say, you know, that, that, you know, our country is broke. It needs to be fixed, and people say, well, here's my plan. Here's my plan for fixing it, but God gave us a plan for fixing our world a long time ago. That's one of the reasons that I don't get really bent out of shape about politics, and if you feel the need to judge me, uh, that's fine. I, I don't pay a lot of attention to what's going on because I just don't believe that government officials and politicians have the answers. I believe God has the answers, and he's been trying to tell us for a long time ago what the answers are. So some of you have been around a while know that I did a series on the Ten Commandments. How many of you remember that? No, don't answer that. Uh, it was over a decade ago, but I went through each one of the Ten Commandments because I believe, even though we're Christians, of course, and we understand the old law has been replaced by Jesus, but all of those principles... Are eternal principles that are still applicable and true for us today. And most of them are specifically repeated in what we call the New Testament, the message of Christianity, the message of Jesus, the gospel. And so we want to go back and read Exodus chapter 20. And uh, if you haven't read it recently, this may or may not surprise you. I will... uh, Skip a little bit through it, but I'm going to get to all Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20, verse 1. Are we up there? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Dave. And God spoke all these words. This was a special message directly given from God to Moses. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. So he's reminding them in the beginning, my whole thing for you, I love you, I care about you, you were in a bad place, you were in slavery in Egypt, and I was there for you, and by my power I pulled you out, and I want to bless your life, and I want to fix your life, and I want to make this world great. And he says... The first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. The second commandment, verse 4, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold guiltless anyone who misuses his name. Number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Verse 8. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Now we just, we'll stop there. The first four commands all have to do with seeing God and honoring God and recognizing God for who He is. And that's where we gotta start. If we're gonna fix the world that's broken, that we live in, it has to start with people like you and me, seeing God and honoring God for who He is. He's not just there. He's not just powerful. He is the one and only true and living, righteous judge of all. Holy and deserving of our worship. And so he tells him, he says, you know, you got to get your head right. You ever feel like you need to get your head right? you got to get your heart right. You ever need to get your heart right? He says, you need to get it right. You need to understand who I am. You need to worship me above all else. You need to prioritize me. He says, you need to honor my name, and it's so sad because I see it every day, and maybe you see it in the world. Don't even use my name in a disrespectful, casual way, without recognizing and honoring who I am. And we hear it every day, don't we? And if you're doing that, you need to repent of doing that. Tossing God's name around like it's just nothing. He says, don't, don't, take my, don't misuse my name. If you do that, you don't understand who I really am. And then he says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And that's a little confusing because maybe in the Old Testament, you know, there was this seventh day of the week and you rested all day. And, but here's the point, as he says here, the reason they had that Sabbath was it was a time to dedicate just to you and your, just be with God. Don't work, don't anything just to, and so for us, I think for us it should be on a daily basis, we take time in our day to set aside whatever else we're doing. It could be before we go to work, and it could be sometime during the day. It could be in the evening before we go to bed. It could be all of that. But we all need to take time where we just connect with God. And we block everything else. And we get a chance to pray. And we get a chance to read the Word. And we get a chance to meditate. We need to think about who God is. Because God needs to be at the center of our life. Now, I have to move on, Richard, because this sermon's getting longer as we go. Because we haven't even got to the... So, their first four commandments, maybe you knew this already, they all have to do with how we see God and how we relate to God. And then is where it might get surprising for us. Because the last six commands all have to do with how we relate to each other. Our relationships in this world. And look where God begins. Are you there? Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or main servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The order and the significance of this, we need to... We need to get that. The first thing he says, when he says, talks about fixing a broken world, is honor your father and mother. Does that surprise you? Now, a lot of us have heard it before, but has it really sunk into us? He goes on and says things like, well, if we're going to fix the world, that we would say, okay, these are obvious, okay, don't murder. Okay, it's, the world's going to be a better place if we stop killing each other. Okay, stop committing adultery. Yes, we would all agree, even if we've been guilty ourselves, that if you're sexually promiscuous and and you're just sleeping around and you're not honoring your marriage and you're having sex outside of marriage, then most of us would understand that's destructive. That's the reason a lot of people grow up without a father, because the parents weren't married and they didn't love each other the way God intended to, and so the father's not there and the father's absent. And most would say, stealing. We need to stop stealing. That's a problem. We need to stop lying. Stop it, stop it, stop it, Freddie. <laughs> it's trying to help you out, Freddie. We would understand even. It's just, okay, and if you're really going to be happy and if you're really going to have a, a great world, you need to stop sitting around thinking about what other people got that you want and you don't have, and just be happy with what you have. So all that sort of makes sense. But the one that might be surprising is the where he begins, honor your father and mother. And we'll talk about mothers another day. But honor your Father. And you know why? Here's that. And here's the point for today. You know, some of you have heard me speak before. There's one main point. God's vision for fixing our broken world. God's vision for us is that we would honor and follow the leadership of the fathers in our families. Do I need to say it again? God's vision is for us to follow the fathers who he has put in our life to lead us. Now ideally that's the, the biological father or the family that you were born into. But in some cases we don't have that and I know Father's Day can be a painful time for some of you because you know, maybe your father had passed away, and maybe even recent, maybe this is your first Father's Day and your, since your father passed. A lot of people feel like they didn't have a good relationship with their father, and their father was uh, not just an absentee father, but maybe the father was there, and they were abusive, and they were harsh, and they were not what they should have been. So I know Father's Day can be a difficult. Can we just be honest here? There's a lot more good mothers than there are good fathers. I think most of us would agree with that. So, But I think we need to understand that if you're blessed to have a good father, not a perfect father, there's only one of those. You know where he is, Jeff? He's in heaven. But see, God's vision is, here's how the world can work if we will have great families and let's always remember that family was god's idea man didn't invent that Dan didn't come up with that on his own god said that and set that up a long time ago he says here's my plan you get a spiritual man and you get a spiritual woman and they get married and they have children and in that family through living together and being together that father that mother trained that child train those children, raise them up, teach them how to love God so they won't become murderers, (laughs) adulterers, thieves, and liars. You know, I'm very blessed that I have a wonderful dad. And I want to tell you, I'm going to show you a little. Jeff knows him. Some of you know him. He is a, uh, I'm kind of proud, i got to admit it. My dad has been all my life larger than life to me. And it wasn't just when I became a Christian, and I, you know, I became a Christian when I was in college, and that was, that was a while ago, Dave. <laughs> Don't want to say how long, but it was a long time ago. But I, I honored and loved, I honored my dad before, long before I ever decided to follow Jesus. Now, I did grow up in a home where uh, we went to church and it wasn't all it needed to be and you know there was a lot of missing pieces but you know he did he was a man who honored God and took us to church and so I learned a lot there but here's the thing everything that I knew and understood about how I should live I learned from my dad The reason I'm not a murderer is because of my dad. The reason I'm not an adulterer, the reason I'm not a thief, the reason I'm not a liar is because of the training and the man of God, not perfect, that my dad was. And if you're one of those people that could say the same, you are a blessed man or woman. Because it's increasingly rare in our world. You know why our world is broken? You already know the answer, right? Because there's so many fathers who are either absent, abusive, unspiritual, and they're not doing their job. So children are growing up without direction, and maybe you relate to that personally. Now the good news is, even if you never had an earthly father, a physical father who is what you needed. We have a father in heaven. And we have a community of people who can be fathers in the faith. And so in the same way, though, we've got to see, God says, my plan for fixing a broken world is having fathers, whether they be physical fathers or whether they be spiritual fathers, who will mentor you and who will guide you and who will show you the way so that you can be a great man or a great woman. Does that make sense? When I asked you the question in the beginning, if you could fix the world, how would you do it? Did you think about God's dream for fathers. Now, maybe you had a chance because it was Father's Day, okay? So, you know, if you've been a little bit clued in, you go, okay, he's probably going to preach on dad, so maybe that's the answer. But I think even if you thought that, a lot of us don't realize we have minimized the role of a dad and what it's supposed to mean. I could fix this world in a heartbeat if I could get every man who biologically fathered a child to be a real dad. Am I right or am I right? I'm not always right, but on this one I'm right. So that's why today it is entirely appropriate for you to honor your father. Now I understand There are no perfect fathers. And your father may have been way less than he needed to be. But I do believe this scripture commands us. And I believe it is from God. God wants you to honor every good and godly thing about your father. They may not be a follower of Jesus. They may not be a believer even. But if you have a dad... I mean, I'm not talking about a biological father. We, we all have one of those. Can we agree on that? You may not even know who they are. You may not have a relationship with them. That's not real. But if you had a father, who a functioning father in your life, whether they are a follower of Jesus or not, you need to honor every good and godly thing in their life and respect them. That's God's word. See, sometimes we think we don't, well, I don't have to honor my father because, you know, he's so flawed. You know, I kind of think when God gave Moses these commands, he knew maybe even in the Jewish religion, there were some fathers who were flawed. And then when later on, Paul repeats this in Ephesians and Colossians, and he reminds them of the, the command to honor your father. And your mother and these people were from the the Jews pretty much. There were exceptions, but they were a pretty moral group. And they stood out in the world they lived in. And their morals were better than the neighbor. But now they were converting a bunch of Gentiles. You know who the Gentiles were? They were the people that were not Jews. They didn't grow up with the Bible. They didn't grow up going to church. They knew nothing about Jesus until they heard the message. And they're new Christians. And that that scripture, and then Paul writes to Ephesians, and he writes to Colossians. He says, honor your parents in the Lord. Now that's an important exception right there. We've got some children here today. Honor your parents. Obey your parents. Follow your parents. Except if there's some area of their life where they're not following Jesus, then as you grow up, you need to become a man or woman of God. And you need to follow Jesus. Okay? But here's the thing, and Paul says this when he writes to Ephesians and, and, and the Colossians as well, but he says, you know, this command, this one about obeying or uh, honoring your father and mother, it's the only one with a promise. There's a promise, and, and the rest of these commands, the other nine, no, no promise like that. But he says, especially, special, honor your father and mother, verse 12, Exodus 20, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, I don't pretend to understand how all that works. And maybe you don't know either. But God is saying to us, and He's saying to you, that honoring your father and mother, but honoring your parents, I'm telling you, if you do it, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to reward you. I'm paying attention to how you honor or don't honor your father and mother. And I'm telling you, if you don't do it, it's not going to go well. But if you do, there's going to be blessing. And I don't know how all that works, but I don't know about you. And I bet a lot of you can relate to me. I feel blessed by God because of the decisions I've made to honor my parents and to honor my dad. So, you know, this should be like a three-part sermon. Um, you know, we grow up with this, I believe God puts it in this desire to know, to love, and to honor our dads. Don't you think so? Now things happen and then maybe we lose that, but we, we grow up that way. It was such a great story. Just the other day, my, six, my five-year-old grandson, he was graduating from kindergarten. That's a big moment in everybody's life. But anyway, so my son Robbie, you know, takes off work and he gets there. And, you know, he gets there a little bit later, and a lot of the kids and the parents are already there. And, and my little Reese, that's what they call him, poor child, my five year old Reese, he just stands As soon as Robbie walks in the door, he stands up and announces, Hey, everybody, my dad is here. <laughs> now, if you're a dad, that melts your heart. But it's, a, it's where, it's God made us that way. But sometimes we lose the sense of appreciation and awe for what God has provided. So go ahead and put this up. I'll close out with this. So this is a picture of my dad. Okay, so some of you may recognize him. This is Bob Nealon. I love this picture of him. I, I, I mean, he's not even, it's not posed, right? He's just uh, looking. It's actually at Robbie and Angela's wedding. So what was that, seven, seven years ago? And so this is a, some of you know him, unfortunately they're, uh, my parents have gotten older and so they don't, they're not able to travel out here anymore, and so uh, they haven't been out here to see us, they can't fly anymore, so they haven't been out here to see us in many years, but my dad is 89 now, and uh, he's a wonderful man. So um, we're going to put up this uh, video, don't, don't play it yet, put up that video, can you put it up without playing it? No. Well, then don't do it, Dave. Pay no attention to what I just said. But just last week, I went to visit my parents. They just moved into a senior's home in Nashville, Tennessee. So it was the first time I'd seen them. I saw them in January. And so one of my goals, I mean, my parents live a long way. Well, I want to see my parents two or three times a year. I've had that. It's not a recent goal. That's a, something we've been But they used to come see us, but I go see them. I want to see how they're doing at the seniors' home. And uh, surprisingly, they love it. You know, they're like, what is not to like? Somebody fixes all my meals, does my laundry, makes my bed, takes out the trash for one low, low price. You know, I mean, they're like, we should have done this years ago because they've been living by themselves. So anyway, so I'm there, so I, I made a short, it's only like 30 seconds. I made a video of my dad, and because I wanted to share it with Mary Kay, who wasn't there, and my children who weren't there, my daughters-in-law who weren't there, and my grandsons who weren't there. So uh, we just made this short video that I will, uh, will show right now. Is volume working? Is it going to do it? Dave Marr, OU you of little faith. So it's not going to work, but it's just, I thought I'd give you a chance to see him. So i got to close out. So I'm going to read you this, and maybe it will be helpful. Maybe it will um, be instructive. I desperately hope that you do everything you can to honor every good thing about your father. You know, for many years now, I mean, I'm, they're this age, I call my parents <coughs> weekly. I see them two or three times a year, even though they live across the country, When I talk to them, I tell them how I feel about them. I write down how I feel about them, both my parents and my dad. So I wrote this for my dad on Father's Day four years ago, and I'll just read this, and then we'll, we'll pray and enjoy the rest of our day. A tribute to my dad, the first thing I think about is how you have always loved my mother. Married over 60 years now, and it's obvious you love her more than ever. It was clear to me growing up that you were not always doing great in your marriage, but you never gave up, and you're an example for me how to persevere and grow that inspires me to this day. You also showed me the kind of unconditional love that all fathers should have. I appreciate the discipline you provided to help shape my character, but I never felt personally rejected or unloved. This provided so much security for me and made our home feel like a real family. I'm so blessed to have been raised in a home with Christian principles, and the Word of God is the standard for life and truth. Thank you for your spiritual leadership and your humility to keep seeking to find out more and more of God's truth for your life. That has always inspired me in my own journey in Christ. And finally, thank you for sharing with me the things that you loved and enjoyed. Your family, your friends, all kinds of sports, books, etc. I've imitated you in so many ways and my life is so much richer because of it. No father is perfect, of course. But I could not be happier about the dad that was God's gift to me. I love you, Reese. Let's pray together. Thank you. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this vision, this incredible plan that you have for dads. Help us to understand it. Help us to see and and grab the dream. Help us to be the dads that we should be. Help us to encourage and support the dads around us. Help us in our church family to be fathers in the faith for each other and to help us each to understand how to navigate the, uh, the, the, the things that may be challenging even with our own fathers, but help us to please you and help us to, we want to receive the blessing that's promised because we honor our dads. Thank you for showing us the way to fix the world and to fix our world. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day. Father's Sermon I've ever heard. Oh.